This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to Socially Supportive, where you'll hear the hottest insights and discover cutting-edge technology as we take you behind the scenes with the latest authors, top executives, and industry thought leaders. This is Customer Care the Social Way with your host, Frankie Sochet. Episode 170 of the Socially Supportive Podcast is brought to you by Bluehost. The best web hosting for just $3.95 a month, Bluehost is the number one recommended web hosting service by WordPress.org. Every account features one-click WordPress installation. Plus, Bluehost's trained in-house experts are there to help 24-7. Their robust help center includes guides, video tutorials, and more. You can try them and love them or get a refund within 30 days of signing up. Your satisfaction is their top priority and they're confident you'll be pleased with their services. So head on over to sociallysupportive.com and click the Bluehost picture today for more information. Hello, Social Pack. Welcome to our Agent Focus Week. That's right. This week, I am bringing to you the best episodes we've had on the podcast about making sure that you have the best setup and best strategy in place for your agents. This is very important because as you know, if your agents are not properly set up, properly situated, don't have the proper structure and framework, it's very hard for them to be comfortable enough to deliver great customer service to your customers, and they can feel that your agents are not comfortable, whether they're on the telephone with your agents or whether the agents are typing to them in social channels. So go ahead and buckle up because we are going on a ride through the best episodes we've ever had that focus on agent and how you can make that interaction great for your customers. Here we go. Today's inspiration comes to us from John Maxwell, who said, a leader is not great because he has power, but because of his or her ability to empower others. And our book of the day is titled A Team of Leaders, Empowering Every Member to Take Ownership, Demonstrate Initiative, and Deliver Results by Paul Gustafson and Stuart Liff. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Well, out there on the World Wide Web, I found for you this business.com article titled, Should You Give Your Customer Service Reps More Autonomy?, which was written by Christine James and updated December 11th of 2017. And I think this is a really good topic for us to cover and then understand how does this correlate to customer care over digital and social media channels. So let's go ahead and dive right into what Christine James had to say in this article. What's the definition of agent autonomy? So according to Christine James, agent autonomy in customer service refers to allowing agents to use their discretion when engaging with your customers in any sort of customer care capacity. She tells us that prerequisite to being able to deliver on the promise of agent autonomy, you've got to have a solid operational framework in place to be able to support all of this flexibility that your agents will have. So what are the benefits of agent autonomy? According to this article, 
Christine says 65% of empowered customer service teams are high-performing teams, and she cites the Salesforce 2015 State of Service report with this statistic. And three other benefits that she mentions are quicker resolution of simple problems, which I think that we can all identify with that because sometimes it can feel, even as customers, that a very simple request winds up being drawn out and overcomplicated by too much structure being in place at large organizations for a simple request. How many times have you reached out to a company and asked for something that you felt was quite simple and then wound up spending an inordinate amount of time dealing with the customer service agent to be able to get your request completed. And you know that the customer service agent is only following the process that's been laid out for them. But you as the customer can clearly see that there are way too many steps in this process, and it's probably something that's common that the agent should be able to resolve on their own. The second of three autonomy benefits that she points to is fewer employees are needed to resolve each issue. You can see how this plays out because if you only need one agent to be able to completely solve an issue for a customer without having to reach out to either a team lead or a supervisor or a manager for some sort of approval, you limit the amount of employee expense that you're extending on one particular issue. I've said time and time again that there are some things where we in a corporate perspective have 10 people in a room deciding something for over an hour that should be pretty simple and then you start adding up the salaries of all the people in the room. And most people in those cases feel like there didn't need to be a meeting about something. So you can imagine that if a customer's contacting your company to try to resolve a simple issue, but your frontline agent then has to reach out to a supervisor who has to reach out to a manager to get something done. There are three salaries that you're dealing with in this equation for whatever amount of time that are being tied up, not to mention the customer's time is also being tied up in this situation. So when you give agents autonomy to be able to resolve issues on their own, you cut out that waiting for the customer and you cut out all those additional salaries being tied up on that one particular interaction. And the third benefit that she mentions touches on what we just said, there's less management involvement. Management is freed up to get away from some of the daily tasks that have to be accomplished, and they can be looking toward the future and strategizing and doing what they need to do at a higher level to run the organization. So what about benefits to the agent? Well, when agents are given autonomy, Christine says that agents are more engaged happier, and more satisfied with the interactions that they're having with your customers. I would second her philosophy on that. If you remember back to episode five, hiring the right type of agent, that Forbes article titled, cover your children's ears if they're in the car, titled kick-ass customer service, that article pointed to hiring people who were all about being able to go out and solve problems and take care of business and how those types of agents are the ones that our customers give the highest NPS ratings to. 
And those types of agents, when they are being attracted to a role, one of the things they're attracted to is autonomy and flexibility in being able to do their job within a given set of parameters. So I can imagine that agents wind up more engaged, happier, and satisfied with their customer interactions, which is what Christine tells us is one of the benefits of providing autonomy to your agents. And if this translates to higher NPS scores, as the article in episode five told us about, then I can imagine that it's good for the customer and it's good for the agent. Plus, if you're able to resolve more quickly, which not having to escalate does, then you're trimming down your handle time. So now all of these agent autonomy benefits seem to translate to potentially a higher NPS and CSAT score, customers feeling more satisfied with the interaction, agents feeling more satisfied with the interaction, and managers who can get on with their day and not have to get involved. So when you really drill down and take a look at providing your agents more flexibility, it seems to make a lot of sense. So how do you do that then? Well, Christine James gives us a few overarching keys, and then I'll tell you how I think this applies to social and digital customer care specifically. So Christine in her article says, you need to ensure that your policies are well defined. So if you're giving the agent wiggle room with what they're allowed to do, they need to be doing that underneath of the defined policies. And if your policy isn't very clear, then it's challenging for the agent to be comfortable that they're doing the right thing inside of the spirit of this policy. And this is where you have a lot of escalations to supervisors and managers because diligent employees want to make sure that they're doing the right thing. And fuzzy policy makes it hard for them to know that for sure. So you want to make sure that your policies are well-defined. And then she recommends that you put an accountability structure in place. So as you're doing your monitors and reviewing the engagements and interactions that your agents are having with customers, you probably need to think about how you're going to put some sort of accountability structure in place so that if there's an opportunity for the agent to have done something differently or you want to understand more fully why an agent made the decision that they made, there should be some sort of structure in place for that review. And then if the wrong decision is made, What is the accountability structure that you're going to put in place with that particular employee? Also, you want to make sure, she says, thirdly, that you ensure consistency. Make sure that whatever one agent is doing, the other agent is doing too, and make sure that you're lockstep across your teams. So what does this look like for digital and social customer care? Well, for us particularly, the first step is write that playbook, yes, See episode 41, Your Social Care Playbook, to make sure that in your playbook, you're lining out the fact that there's going to be some flexibility built in for your agents so that the customers, the agents have a better experience and you're using your time more wisely. Episode 41 will give you plenty of detail about a social customer care playbook. It works for digital care too, and what you need to be including in your playbook. The second step that you should follow is to review your team structure for opportunities. You can refer to episode 17, Three Team Structures for a Social Care Team with Al Hopper. 
What do I mean by opportunities with your team structure? It's possible that when you went out as a digital and social customer care team, that you decided that you were going to function in a way where you were acting as a concierge, where you were basically just bringing in the posts for your agents to review and then decide that they need to go off to another location. When you've got more agent autonomy and flexibility, maybe what you can do is bring some of that back in. And rather than having the customers effectively be escalated from your triage center to a more specialized center, perhaps there's an opportunity to bring some of that back in, skip a step, and let the agents who are effectively doing the triaging start to help a little bit more with a few different scenarios. And that brings us to step three of six. Locate one or two common scenarios where agents currently require management or supervisory intervention of some kind. What are common issues that customers contact you about? You can work with your web development team if you're lucky enough to have one. You can look at your knowledge management articles that are frequently used by your customers, any of the self-service material. And you can also look at when customers are contacting your digital and social care agents, what are they contacting about? Look through the types of cases that are brought to you and see if there are any that should be a little bit easier. Here's an example. What if you've got a situation where customers frequently have to reset their passwords? Is there an extra level of requirement of authorization for someone to reach out and have this done? Or if somebody needs shipping charges credited or a reorder of some product or service to happen because they didn't receive it. Anything that happens very frequently and that should actually be able to be pushed down to the agent level, look at those and see what you can do. And then that's step four is determining whether allowing more autonomy will be advantageous. You certainly don't want to infringe on any of the security measures you have in place. You don't want to make things more dangerous. You don't want to upset your processes. But look for occasions where it would be minimally impactful with maximum benefit. And then step five of six is just to implement a pilot program. We just heard from David Johnston last week on episode 75 how the TSA providing social customer care started as a pilot program. So hey, if you can start an entire social customer care program for a government organization based on a pilot program, surely you can go out and find a couple of different processes that need a little tweaking and practice there in a pilot program, giving your agents a little more flexibility and autonomy, right? Oh, and if you missed that episode, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. It's really interesting stuff talking with David Johnston, and we will have him back again. All right, and then the sixth of six steps is to make sure that you report out on this, especially as we're recording this episode in December. You want to make sure that you're tracking and measuring the results of the pilot and reporting out. So see episode 23, Reporting on Special Ops, to get some quick tips on the best way to report out on this pilot program. Today's episode was brought to you by craftbeerclub.com. Good people drink good beer. Get the finest craft beers from America's best microbreweries delivered right to your door. 
They search out exceptional craft beers from around the country and then deliver the monthly beer club selections direct to you or your gift recipient's store. You can choose an ongoing beer club membership or craft beer club gifts to ship monthly, every other month, or even quarterly. This is a fantastic gift for the craft beer enthusiast in your life. Give 1 to 12 shipments and receive up to 3 bonus gifts and an additional $25 bonus with your order. So, head on over to sociallysupportive.com and click the picture for craftbeerclub.com today to learn more. Okay, there you have it. We are talking all this week about agent focus and how you can put the best strategy in place for your agents. Now, it's possible that you may have heard these episodes before, but it's probably been a long time since you've heard them, and I am all about making sure that you have the best information right at the tips of your fingers so that you don't have to go digging. You're busy, I'm busy, so I'm bringing back to you all for agent focus, making sure that you've got the best program strategy out there when it comes to providing structure for your agents. So make sure you tune in next time. Until then, and even after then, I am Frankie Soche. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Socially Supportive. Want more? Head on over to sociallysupportive.com to join the social pack and find the best tips, tricks, and technology to take your team from okay to outstanding in no time.